Whatever. I will send a strongly worded letter to the president of Hollywood, and we'll get this all straightened out. I am 90 minutes closer to death because of that movie. Grab your lube and refocus. Oh, abandon hope, all ye who enter. <laughs> Holy shit, I can't wait to watch kids die. He edited me. He censored me. And here's where I get my dick out. There we go. So the neighbors are getting their driveway paved. I'm back in my office, by the way, but so uh-huh. I'm just investigating that, and uh, it should be something. Yeah, the Skype is sufficiently frozen. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, you want me to grab a screen grab of your derpy face? Because I can do that. <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> All right. Oh, is it moving now or no? No, you're... Oh, now you are, damn it. Well, you've moved into a second derpy face. That's good. (laughs) Oh, damn it. That's... I forgot to... I was doing all the setup and I forgot to plug the laptop in. See, I have to swap the cable. I like to be... I like to be hardwired. Oh, I've got a bad feeling about this. I really don't want to be in the basement again. Like, really bad not want to be in the basement again. And wife's in the living room, and... Let's see what my speed is right now. Just to make sure it's not me. Yeah, that might be on your end. I've got 60 megabytes download. Well, I plugged my laptop in now. I had forgot to... I had forgotten to do that. I... Yeah, yeah, the technical stuff of how we record our stupid show, but we need two computers to do this dumb shit. No, we do. I know. we. It's Uh, better now. Okay, so I don't have a derpy face? (laughs) Well, I mean, you still kind of naturally always have. Yeah, 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 that's always. Uh, You're not frozen. There you are. Oh, oh, the screen grabs I could get. Just if I had a quicker system to just... Is it just... uh, Nab, nab, nab. No, it's just those in-between looks of... <laughs> ah, derpy. <laughs> that's our dog. That's what we have determined. That's that's what our big dumb idiot dog is. Derp-a-derp. Dog? Oh, yeah. How's it going? Uh, oh, good. I'm... Just got cleaning out my sinuses, and which is great. And, um, in the meantime, I'm I'm hunting down this 2008 movie called Autopsy, starring Robert Patrick. And like leading up to the podcast, I'm like, okay, so I want to make sure I get the uncut version of this movie because it's a really good movie. And supposedly there's a DVD that's 89 minutes, and but it's on sale on Vudu, and it but it's 85 minutes. And I'm like, I'm trying to find. I don't want to. I will not get a cut version of that movie because I remember seeing it years ago and thinking it was really good. And I, uh, I want more info. Like, and there's, it's a smaller movie, so there's no information on it out there. Like the different versions. Uh, Autopsy. 
Oh, it's good. It's, uh, Robert Patrick is this really creepy surgeon doctor guy and these, this group of people with a broke down car show up at this random hospital in the middle of nowhere and, uh, organ harvesting and, uh, it's just icky and it was really good, like really, really well done and almost David Lynch weirdness going on. And I remember, I watched it years ago and I remember it being incredibly gory. Uh, but I'm like, that was, it seems to be above R-rated, and all I can find is R. All I can find is R-rated streaming and R-rated this and that. But there's like the first DVD release that says unrated. I'm like, there should be some a sentence somewhere on the internet that says yes, the 2000 or the the first DVD release was unrated, and here's why. But it's like there's nothing. There's nothing anywhere about it, and it. it I hate pisses, that. It pisses me off because it's like, feed me internet. I, Feed me my slot immediately, and you're not. You're not doing that right now, and I won't... Give me all my information as I demand it right now. Yes, I know. It's... uh, Go at the speed of my brain, not... uh, You're frustrating me, Internet. (laughs) Robert Patrick's pretty far down the list of people in that movie. Oh, yeah, he's... Dude, it's it's pretty good. There's actually... There's a... uh, One of the quote-unquote orderlies in the movie. I bet that you would recognize him. He's this... I think he kind of seems like a gangbanger type... In uh, in different movies, I've seen him before, and he's got this big neck tattoo, just this skinny, shady looking dude. But I gotta say, it's like the more I think about it, the more that was a really it was one of those uh, eight films to die for. You remember that series that every year there would be, oh yeah, like Frontiers was one of them. And I remember this year, this particular year, I believe that Autopsy was like the the best movie of the bunch. But there's a couple Blu-rays out there, all, I think all from Germany, and they're all like. So I've been, like, literally before the show started, I was actually on Google Translator. I was translating reviews on Amazon Germany um, over to... That's what I was waiting on? Yes, like that's I said, I'm exactly. ready, and you're like, you're like, you're wait, 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 I'm not ready for the podcast yet. Yes. Because you're busy exact, doing that. Literally exactly what I was doing was translating German reviews of Autopsy to try to find out which <laughs> which one was, which one was uh, cut and which one wasn't, and trying to... Trying to figure this out because it's a puzzle to me. It's a puzzle. I'm getting 23 <laughs> M- MVP over oh, here, so, buddy. The guy doing so Google or, uh, uh, Germany Translate, I think, might have more of the issues than than. <laughs> <laughs> I recognize this girl's name, Jessica Laundes. and she looks kind of familiar to me, but I don't know from what. If I get it, um, you should check that one out. I, I have this feeling that you would probably dig that one, especially with just the weirdness. But I'm like, it's like it's pretty cheap on on Voodoo, and I'm like, oh, should I just buy it? But I'm like, it says R-rated, 85 minutes. Uh, she was Peggy in Dance of the Dead, Masters of Horror. No, oh, yeah, wasn't Dance of the Dead yeah. the one where they're dancing on the gravestones and stuff? Yes, that was good. Or, no, that was the Grave Dancers. There you go. What's Dance of the Dead, then? I guess I didn't see that one. Wait, wait, you said Masters of Horror? Yeah. Okay, Masters of Horror. That would have been Toby Hooper's, I think, god-awful segment. A Dance of the Dead. What was the other uh, uh, horror series you had mentioned with the, in relation to that movie? Okay, well, this is called Eight Films to Die For. So every year, yeah. But, but the, they both were in the same kind of time frame, weren't they? Yes, they were. 
Yeah, Masters of Horror, Dance of the Dead. I never watched this one. This one had... uh... Robert Englund? Yes. Oh, dude, it was so bad. That might have been my... That one in the Ice Cream Man one with, I think, Robert Fourth Ice. Was that... You you watched way more of those than I did. I only watched like two of them, and I think I blind bought those. And the ones that I watched, I liked. But yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The the, the uh, Dario Argento ones, and especially the John Carpenter ones, are the best of the bunch. That cigarette burns is creepy. creepy cigarette shit. burns. Yeah, that was the best one that I saw. Well, anyway, the girl from Dance of the Dead is in your mystery two thousand eight uh, movie that you can't find. Hmm. Oh, do I pull the plug on, um, so Bull Moose has Autopsy for used for seven ninety seven, which is pretty damn good, and I can, but I can get the 1080p version on Voodoo for, like, six bucks. But uh, I don't, I go Voodoo. Uh, but I don't know if it's on, I don't, I, fuck the R-rated version. I do not want to watch this movie, it's like, it's kind of stressing me out right now. It might ruin the show. <laughs> Oh, it's another morning show. There, it, this show's already ruined. You don't yeah. need a stupid voodoo cut or uncut to yeah. figure that out. My uh, my days are just they're they're just bleeding into each other. Like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's karate, and then now Thursday, they're just they're pre testing and then testing and then and now I'm considering like, well, shit, should I start going four days a week? Yeah, hell with it. Just, yeah. Just, um. Son of a bitch. My dogs are practicing karate. Don't worry about it. Yes. But uh, I'm sore today, man. I whew, I got tossed last night several times. Hot. Oh. What was his name? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sexual. <laughs> oh, that's like ass-looking stuff there. All right. Always funny when you explain it, damn it. Okay, are you ready to go through that? Oh, I had to think there a little bit. I'm like, toss. Wait, oh, mornings. This is why I hate mornings. tossing, like licking the asshole. Yeah, that's... Oh. I love Good your morning. thought process. Uh, yeah, I, I, this is why I hate mornings and you're not drinking. It's great. Uh, okay, are you ready to go to the roulette? Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, should we start every show with a little with a little salad tossing? <laughs> we could. I, I. I mean, once you, once you get into the to the morning podcast, it's like my sinuses are still draining from just old Living. man just, night sleep, yeah. early morning, it just and you know, I've back to being tossed. It's <laughs> just a lot going on with my body. <laughs> Oh, and I love hearing all about it. Every oh. process. You're like, oh, boy. This part's oozing. This part's snotting. Let's. Yep. There Let's might be see. a burp or two coming up soon. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. Okay. On this episode of the roulette, it is the highwaymen up against twin sanity. Oh, God. I forgot you took that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm a first. The highwaymen. Two hours and 12 minutes on the roulette. Thank you, Eugene. (laughs) A pair of Texas Rangers come out of retirement to catch the infamous outlaws Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, excuse me. Have you ever watched, uh, I should look that up too, Bonnie and Clyde? The Oscar-winning film? No, I don't believe I have. 
Have you? I have. And uh, I had bought it on VHS, and it was just sitting on the stack, and I figured, well, after this, maybe I should revisit that movie and give it a, another shot. I, I didn't love it. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde. I didn't love Bonnie and Clyde the first time I watched it. Other than the second half, I thought it, it really picked up. Uh, but before that, it, it really had a, well, 1967. And it really had, felt like a 1967 film, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Kind of slow and some draggy parts. And it, it was just a product of its time. I didn't hate it. I just was kind of like, eh. Uh, anyway, The Highwaymen. And I love Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson. But I'm ultra forgiving of Kevin Costner. There's a certain little fan group of us Costner fans where we just kind of love him doing anything. Even this where he's really, he's starting to show his age and he's got a, got a gut now. Mm. Uh, but, you know, maybe it, it might have been for the role. Because he was, he's been pretty skinny in the last couple of years, but here, ooh, he put it on. Uh, and that's fine. I think, I honestly think it was for the role. I'm going to go with that because I'm part of the Kevin Costner fan club. Uh, the, this film, yes, definite thumbs up. I liked it better than the first time I watched Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, at two hours and 12 minutes, I feel like it wouldn't have been terribly hard to cut 10 minutes out of this. I feel like you could have trimmed this down to two hours. Two hour 12 is just a smidge. It's just little bit lengthy. It was definitely more... Oh, I don't know how to describe this. This, See, if you don't know the story of Bonnie and Clyde, it's 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 kind of sketchy, because it, as I understand it, it takes place around the Depression era, so Bonnie and Clyde were kind of like heroes to the underclass people and to the working class people, even though they were just going around robbing banks and just stealing cars and killing the dick out of everybody they came across. For some reason, uh, the lower class were like, yay, they're fighting the system, like they were anarchists or something. And I, yeah. I, mean, I kind of understand that. But this film is the photo negative of Bonnie and Clyde. This is completely from the law side. They go so far as you don't really see Bonnie and Clyde's, the actors' faces, until the very end. I was actually going to ask, like, how much of a role do they play in the movie as far as actual, like, actors being Bonnie I'm, and Clyde? Huh. Well, they're in there, but a lot of times they, they just show their feet walking away, or they're always shot from the back. They don't show their faces, and I believe that's to not humanize them. I think that's cool, not, by the way. I, I, do, I, like I do, too. I do, too. It was awesome. So you don't sympathize with them. That sounds like the big dog. It is. Oh, it is. There's, there's birds outside the window. Shut up! <laughs> it's almost like that rough is like, rough you! Like, rough, fuck you! It seems like the dog is kind of saying, fuck you. I, I, it could be me. You would think. But <laughs> she's not that smart. She's a moron. So, <laughs> she's literally probably like, there's a bug! Bark, 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 bark! Or, hey, I have a tail! Bark, bark, bark. <laughs> I'm not gonna let her out. So she can just sit outside and bark, that way I don't have to hear her. Don't review anything. I'll be back in friggin' three, 30 seconds. Which, speaking of what... Yeah, I'm not going to review a movie because uh, you listeners out there, I actually reviewed um, a Vinegar Syndrome movie last week and he cut it out. He literally cut my review out and uh, he shouldn't have done that because it was a very good review of a 
of a very well, it wasn't a very good movie. It was an Andy Milligan movie. Um, boy, should I review that again? What the hell was it called? Uh, well, regardless, you all know uh, he cut it out, which he edited me. He censored me. Anyway, back there. You go. Hi. <laughs> great. Just great. So in the Highwaymen, they don't really glorify what Bonnie and Clyde were doing. Okay. Whereas in the movie, Bonnie and Clyde, they don't really do it there either, but it definitely gives more light to that angle of they were fighting the man, blah, blah, blah. In the Highwaymen, no, not so much. They are trying to take them down and take them down hard. And it's a pretty damn good movie. John Lee Hancock. What else has he made? I know that name. Not just from Snow White and the Huntsman. Oh, there we go. Okay. Saving Mr. Banks, The Blind Side. I mean, that's a pretty good resume, even though I haven't seen most of those movies. The Alamo. It's a pretty damn good movie. You absolutely should keep it in the queue, and you should definitely give it a watch. I think you would enjoy it um, a lot more than Bonnie and Clyde. I just rewatched Bonnie and Clyde after this, so... I'll get to that as my first review of the week and recently watched. So was it, was it, did it, did it have like a uh, big budget sheen to it or was it more gritty type movie going on? Or? Oh, it had a big budget sheen to it. The, 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 the photography on this was fantastic. Not a lot of big sweeping shots, but they had just enough that I was like, this is very well shot. I was putting my feet up and paying attention to watching how, uh, it, the cinematography was handled and the, the score was good. I mean, it's a good movie. It's just a smidge long in my opinion, but it's not a deal killer. It just, eh, bring it back a little bit. Oh, at two hours and 12, it felt shorter than Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to get a lot of popular uh, opinion there on my, my review of that film, but whatever it is, what it is. Uh, we'll get to that later and recently watched. Uh, over to you. Um, okay. So, time for some Twin Sanity. Let's, uh, let's pull up my information here, because I could have been doing that while you were reviewing, but I was riveted by your review. By the way, I really, truly do want to watch Highwaymen. <laughs> it sounded like I do. I, I do. It, Kevin, you I am, should. I'm, you should. You'll like it. You, you will like that movie. I'm there with you with Kevin Costner. I really like him even even when he's in some not so good movies like i remember you reviewed the was it the the new daughter or something daughter ghosty type generic thing the uh, the new daughter sounds right that was on the roulette i also recently reviewed uh the postman yeah which is like four hours long and while i'm watching it i'm uh, this is not great and then when it's over i'm like good movie I just, he's so likable. I yeah. can't help it. I agree. I agree. Um, okay, Twin Sanity, a.k.a. Downward Twin. I must say, I was a bit surprised with this one. Um, this was actually, uh, you remember that movie? Oh, what did it, it was a roulette. Um, okay, well, there was the college bro, dude, bro, ghosty bullshit. But then there was yeah. another one. Um, uh, well, anyway, regardless, 
all, all said, this movie has the distinct pleasure of being possibly the most angering roulette I've had in maybe ever. Maybe ever. This is, this is just awful. Like, this is, uh, murder me. This is murder me awful. I have literally no idea how the movie, like, I couldn't tell you if she was a twin or a ghost or not. I, two emo girls that are sisters that are doing yoga. Oh, what the fuck? How was I right go? in my prediction that, that, do you remember when I predicted uh, well, what Well, one's good movie? and one's bad, and there's, well, there's lots of thinking and contemplating, and then yoga, and then the one's kind of bad, maybe, and uh, then, then in the end, they spoil, not that it matters, they, the good one drives off a cliff with her evil twin, and then it goes to black, because they don't have the money to show a crash, uh, because the evil twin murdered someone, I think, that, oh, oh. I, I am I'm sorry, sir, that I have to ask this question, but I am getting the impression. Did you watch this movie or did you fast forward the whole oh, damn thing? I didn't fast forward it at all, but I will admit, I was heavily on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. But it, I, I have I have no problem with you being heavily on your phone. That's part of the roulette. Yeah, but there's a time issue that is involved with you and I under. You know oh, what I'm know. talking yes. about before I even say I sat through There's a time all issue involved in the middle. There's a commitment. Yeah. Yeah. But I seriously, I, I don't think she was a ghost. I, I literally don't remember. I just, all I remember was blah, 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 yoga bullshit, trying to start a business. And her sister is, yeah, we should start a business. And ah, but we don't have the money. And da, 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 da. And then they, oh, oh, and it's like jumps around in time. I kind of remember. And I watched this like the day after the podcast. So it's, I... Oh, well, then what? Um, I hate it. I fucking hated this movie so bad. Like, this is like that... There was a Hawaiian exorcist type documentary, something or other, that I oh, watched. Oh, yeah? Yep, remember, remember that thing? I hated that movie so bad. This is right there with... Like, I would much rather watch an Asylum movie than this. Because this is like, we have no money, but we got a nice shiny HD camera... Careful, because I'll, I I can throw you those movies. <laughs> I was I would welcome like awful CGI werewolves to just come and chomp the face out of every person in this movie. Um, <laughs> uh, but there there was just lots of emotion, but emotion that I don't. Oh, I watched this whole thing, and I'm like I just I watched this whole thing all the way to the non-bloody jumping off a cliff ending in the car because feelings and reasons and shit and whatever and identities and oh was there a baby involved somewhere is there a... i am not gonna apologize the only reason that this got thrown your way is because you offered it on the roulette which makes it eligible to be put back on the roulette. And... I don't remember doing that. I... Oh, oh, you want me to go to my notes? Uh, I actually was very kind. Uh... I mean, the similars. There's this, oh, there we go. Burnout, Twin Sanity, and The Witch Files. You threw it up first. Yeah, see, once again, we're <laughs> it's just that... The biased news media wants our listeners to think one way, and windmills gave me cancer, and let's move on. To... Oh, we're going down that shit, oh, Don Quixote. <laughs> <sighs> 
Twin Sanity, folks. Watch it if you dare. Oh, you're so getting the similars next week. Okay, let's ah! go to the next round of the roulette. That's the wrong file. There we go. Okay, coming your way. 14 Blades. I figured, hey, maybe a Kung Fu thing since you're uh, in that mode right now. In the age of the Ming Dynasty, uh, Quinn... Quang Long is the best of the Jenny Y. Sorry, I'm wrecking these words. Jenny Y, an elite assassin squad made up of the highly trained former street urchins. Uh, when evil. Blah, 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 martial arts film! It looks freaking awesome. I can't wait to watch it, but I figured maybe that'd be something, uh, somewhat of a safe pick for you this week. Mirage. A space-time continuum glitch allows Vera to save a boy's life 25 years earlier, but results in the loss of her daughter, whom she fights to get back. And I watched this trailer. This is subtitled, and it looks low-budget, but it looks like one of those low-budget films uh, that we talked about like in the last couple of weeks, where it's done well. They're utilizing their budget properly. Gotcha. And, yeah, it, it, it looked pretty good. Oh, not bad. And lastly, Alien Warfare. This is your most roulette pick. The U.S. Navy SEAL team tackles a top-secret mission at a research center where scientists have mysteriously disappeared. Science fiction. And I didn't watch the trailer. Good luck with that! Alien Warfare. You did a... Okay. Hey, I did right. That is, you got a safe (laughs) pick, you got a medium pick, and you got a shit pick. (laughs) Um, okay, first up for you is Legend of Cocaine Island. I feel I at least matched you this week. Yeah, I did. I didn't match you the last couple of weeks, because the last couple of weeks were traps and bullshit that, oh, hmm. I don't know. Um. (laughs) I was Twin twin Sanity. That worked out well for you? Oh. Because that was you. That was your pick. I am 90 minutes closer to death because of that movie. (laughs) Um, the Legend of Cocaine Island. Um, the desperate man goes on a buried treasure hunt for $2 million worth of cocaine. That sounds like something that I would have literally been trying to do in my 20s. Uh, okay, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Between Worlds. With you, by the way. <laughs> oh, I was so uh, angry that you beat me to that. I, I, I didn't even look at your picks. I just, I, well, pff, Nicolas Cage, that's going up on the roulette oh, yeah. for Eugene. Oh. And this is like Jesus, this is Jesus Christ, Nicolas Cage here from the cover. Like, I'm like, oh, you've got the Jesus beard and hair going on. I'm like, that might and, be something. And the, and the horror rage cage. He's got blood on his face and oh, looking a little crazy. There's a fire in the background and a guy with yeah, a gun. This and, is a, this is horror. This is yeah. all Eugene. It's fantasy thriller. So Joe meets a mother who can, Contact spirits when suffocating. Her daughter is dying when <laughs> Joe... What the... F- oh, her daughter is dying when Joe helps the mother spiritually contact the daughter and save her. Uh, I mean, this is a couple sentences of giving the whole movie away, I guess. Unfortunately, the spirit is... The, is <laughs> okay, anyway, it's Nicolas Cage, and there's fires, and he's... Um, and long whatever. hair. And- yeah, long, sexual... He looks great. Um, the silence is the last one. <laughs> Oh, uh, what's this? What? Uh, what is this? <laughs> I love it. I love it. What is it? It's something that's coming your way next week, bitch. Oh, oh here. Okay, this actually comes out tomorrow on Netflix. It's so it's. I mean, you're getting a brand spanking new, shiny new, zero miles on it release. <laughs> the silence is a family struggles to survive in a world terrorized by a deadly primeval species who hunt only their 
with their acute hearing. Oh, so basically it's... Uh, uh, a quiet place. Quiet place, I guess, yes. Who directed this? Um, yeah, The Asylum, and it's uh, 155 minutes No, long, right? I wish. It's only 90 minutes, and it's the director is John R. Leonetti, and he's known for... Hey, he directed Annabelle. That's oh, a, shit. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Wolves at the Door, I've heard of that one. Butterfly Effect Part 2, which... Oh, and Mortal Kombat Annihilation score. There you go. I'm going to pick for you. You're going to you're gonna take the silence. <laughs> I'm taking the silence. What do you want? <laughs> um, oh, well, that's a, the Alien Massacre, whatever Alien thing was. That's definitely going to be the one I take. Why? Why? You're, you just, just keep spoon... <laughs> just keep spooning ah, shit I, into my mouth. I... That's the one I'm... T- I mean, that's... It's... <laughs> you got nothing. You got. Uh, you have no reason. I, why? Why would? You, why on earth? Well, it's hey, you you threw it up on the roulette. I you had yeah, to know something it, about it. It's called a trap. It that's the Akbar, <laughs> motherfucker. You, you, you're supposed to pick one of the others because nobody in their right mind would pick that. It might be good. It will not be good. <laughs> Our dear listeners will find out next week. <laughs> I love it. That's what all right. It again, I, I don't have to take it. I, you are totally 100% getting the similars next week so that I never have to hear the, those two words put together again. <laughs> uh, so it, next week on it, the roulette, it's the silence up against alien warfare. Alien, nice. I, I can't, I can't. Listeners, help me out. I can't Akbar him into picking stuff I want him to pick because he picks the shit. He just <laughs> dives in. I don't understand. You're supposed to dodge, but he didn't dodge. Well, what was I supposed to take? Uh, Mirage? Eh, it's too long. Uh, oh, I mean, I mean, I thought all these were decent. I mean, none of them were two hours. Uh, I don't know. The Mirage, I think that was like two hours and 12 minutes, wasn't it? I two. thought it was an hour 40. Um, maybe two hours and eight minutes. No way, no. Give me Alien Gangbang. I'll take that any day over Mirage. I mean, my last roulette was two hours twelve. It's longer than that. <laughs> yeah, but it had Kevin Costner. Okay, in. moving on to I our mean, next segment. Don't be Kevin Costner, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know um, which. I don't know which end is up right now. I I'm lost. Whatever, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> oh man, I have added a shit ton of uh, roulettes to my list. By the way, I have I have a file here that. I keep them all in, and, you know, when new ones come out, I throw them in there, and just, uh, that way I can go back and reference. And I've got a bunch of them, and a lot of them were a lot better than the ones I threw you, but the last couple of weeks, you have not been kind, so this is what you get. Ah, uh, nice. And you dove on the lowest common denominator, in my opinion. Uh, okay. <laughs> what do you want to do for second segment? We never even talked about it. Yeah, I figured we'd just rabbit trail. Uh, any recent purchases? Or? Um... Well, I mean, there's been some streaming stuff that I bought. I bought uh, the Pet Cemetery remaster, the original Pet Cemetery, and Aquaman, which I watched last night, finished up last night, and Bumblebee. So, and in Bumblebee, I I probably won't watch for a little while, but I got it for a really good price uh, with the 4K transfer, and I'm like, you know, that's one that I probably don't even need on disc. I'm fine with the streaming uh, for that one. And I already had the original Pet Cemetery Blu-ray from years ago, but the new version is all cleaned up, and so I have to buy that. So I got that for... Wait, uh, did you buy the Pet Cemetery disc and the code no, came with it, or did no, you just I, buy I, the code? 
I, I actually I had the original Blu-ray of that, and then the new 4K version came out, and then on Blu-ray.com there there's a buy sell trade digital codes. So I scour. That's where I get most of my codes from. Is people selling them for? So I think I got that Pet Cemetery 4K for five bucks. But I'm like, that, now I don't have to buy the disc, and I I already have the old Blu-ray. I'm fine with that, and I now I have the new remaster on streaming, so I'm good to go. But um, I'm looking forward to rewatching Pet Cemetery, especially because our buddy Steve and I watched the remake in the theater last weekend. That's really cool that you can do that on uh, Blu-ray.com, but how does that work as far as uh, vetting that the code is good? Do you wait to pay until you've redeemed? No, because it seems... Honestly, it is all about trusting the people. And I mean, I always... I know, if they've got tons of feedback, generally, you're going... And it's through PayPal, so you can, you know, you can have your... Go through the channels if they try to rip you off. But I've never been ripped off. And I always... I mean... Lots of feedback. I've got over a hundred feedback and there's lots of people on there that have tons of feedback. And so you make the deal and you send the PayPal the money and then they send you the code and it's never not where actually one time a guy sent me the code for a, a first man. I, I got first man and Halloween remake and he actually sent me by accident. He sent me, it's odd. He sent me two cop, two codes for first man. And so I redeemed the first one, and then I tried the second one, which I thought it was Halloween. It said, you already have First Man. I'm like, what? So this is where it's just being cool to someone else. It's like, I don't like, I messaged him and said, look, you sent me uh, uh, two codes for First Man. Now, how, how he had two codes for the same movie, I don't know. But I'm like, so I didn't redeem the second that one. That is one shitty uh, family video employee. That's what it is. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I bet there are they are probably an, an employee of Family Video or something like that to where here's all a whole bunch of codes that we don't need, whatever. But I gave the code back to him. I'm like, I thought it was – he's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, that's my bad. He's like, well, I don't have Halloween code anymore. So he refunded me the money. I gave him that code back and that was kind of, that's kind of how it works there if, if you're no, cool. No, that's, that's totally cool I, I because I'm, I'm – once you start getting into this uh, uh, ultraviolet – a voodoo code changing whatever uh you start creating a circle we've done this i guess maybe we haven't talked about this on the show uh, but i've got like my sister and i've got uh dave and i've got a couple of other friends that have no shits to give about the digital shit and so they will give me all their codes like just here have it i don't give just for nothing but then i also have a circle of friends like you that uh, cares about those things and we trade them back and forth. You, uh, well, TJ is part of that too. And whenever I get into trading with TJ, I always tell him, I will not even touch the code you're trading me until you make sure that my code worked because I yep. have a stack of codes here that are five years old. So they're ones that I already have. Uh, redeemed digitally and somebody else gave to me the same movie, I will hold on to them. I'll trade, we just trade them around. And I, I, my policy is I do not even touch your code until, uh, mine is redeemed and works for you. Yeah. I, I've come around. I mean, I still love my physical media and that's still my go-to, but I gotta say it's, it is nice to, you know, be able to watch these movies sometimes sooner than, than disc. Uh, and it's just, they, they've made it very easy and the quality is now, man, some of these movies, Aquaman, I, I'm sure that the 4k UHD disc looks better. I'm sure it does. But to my eyes on my screen, that thing looked incredible. 
Now, the audio, I do know that the audio, at least on my system, it always sounds better on disc. And every I, time on my yeah. side. Every yeah. time. Like last night, I had to really crank up Aquaman versus where I normally would have a disc set at. I'm like, well, it's, it's which it sounded, it sounded fine, but I just, I had to really crank it up a lot more than, than usual. And that's the case on almost every, st- every single streaming movie that I watch. I got to crank it up versus the disc. 100%. It's it's not even close, in my opinion. And I know that because the majority of the stuff that I watch, uh, obviously I'm watching on VHS and I'm watching streaming and blah, 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 blah. But when I do get around to popping in one of those Blu-rays and it's in the sound system in in my office because I don't have the sound system in the living room anymore. I just got the sound bar. But when it's <clears throat> in the sound system in my office every single time, dude, it's it's almost that predator on DVD experience that we had that very first time mm-hmm. when we popped in a DVD and we're like, Oh my God, this is what five one sounds like. Uh, Predator yeah. was a horror film. It turned we a movie we had watched dozens and dozens of times suddenly became a horror film again. Yeah. And it was terrifying and amazing. I remember when, when you came over this years ago and I was still living with my mom and dad in the basement and, uh, I got uh, House on Haunted Hill on DVD, and we watched that, and we're like, holy shit, this is scary, and it's just like, sounds are coming in behind us, and it was yep. great, I remember that. Yep, I agree. But And the, uh, uh, I don't look, I love the convenience of the digital and the uh, uh, voodoo ultraviolet, but it really is, it's just laziness. Well, I can just click a couple buttons it and is. then I hit I know. it and then I'm playing it and it's fine. And it'll pick up like VHS. It'll pick up where I left off. I can just stop it and then we'll start again tomorrow as opposed to a Blu-ray or DVD where it's, oh, we got to load up the menus and now we're waiting. And maybe after three minutes, it'll say, do you want to start from where you left off? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, can we just do this? <sighs> That's one of the things that I love about VHS, dude. Power, play, done, going. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> does it look like shit? Yep. <laughs> uh, but what was my point? Uh, the, the voodoo stuff, it, it's great, but the sound quality, I, I know that your sound quality in your system, you're, you're always, uh, top of the line and you're always way ahead of me. Even on my shit, that's always at least a decade old at this point, there is no, comparison none the the disc the disc just blows everything out of the water and my speakers at this point are 10 11 12 13 15 years old that's all my speakers my speakers were made in 2004 i i will probably never sell those speakers that i have i love those speakers well i think you're we hit a a, not a wall but we hit a, a certain quality line probably about 10 years ago where I think your speakers are probably fine today. You know what I mean? Like, I would, it's I would how guess. Much, how, much, how much better are you going to fucking get it? Unless, I know. unless you're yeah. spending like $20,000 for a sound system. These were actually, when I got these, they were on their way out already. And so I got a good deal on them. But I like these speakers are like, they're real wood. They're not hollow inside. These things are heavy beasts. And I, like, I don't, I don't even think about other speakers. I, those are my babies. Like, I, Love those things, and I mean, it sounds weird, but hopefully when I'm an old man, I want my kids to have, like, here's my sound system, you can have them now. Yeah. So. 
Well, I, I feel like there was a big uh, gap. Well, yeah, 10, 15 years ago when we started building our sound systems, uh-huh. there was a big gap. I mean, I was building mine out of uh, freaking junkyards and, and dirt malls and shit where I would just grab random speakers and put them together. Now, hell, I'm sitting in my office. I've got Sony speakers that, you know what I know my fronts are right now, what I'm using for my fronts? They're actually intended to be your 7.1, those extra surrounds. Yeah. The, the, not not the surrounds, the extra surrounds. Those are what I'm using for my front. But my office is so freaking tiny that you cannot tell a difference. Like, it's fine. It's totally fine. If I had my regular fronts that I have in storage right now, if I had them in this room and tried to use them, my sound system would be on one. It would <laughs> be on two, maybe. If nobody was home, I might put it up to five. And... The windows in the front of the house would be rattling, uh, because I'm still using the sound system, uh, the head unit that you uh, sold me. Nice. No kidding. And that subwoofer? Yeah. That Wharfdale is in this, it's in this damn room. It's the biggest damn sound component in this room. (laughs) It's funny, that Wharfdale speaker, I mean, that Wharfdale's still a company. I mean, they're still around and... I always have liked them ever since I got into speakers. I've always liked Wharfdale speakers. In fact, if I would ever sell mine, I would probably start with Wharfdale, looking into Wharfdales. But I like my earthquakes. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If uh, my wife is upstairs taking a nap, I have to turn that subwoofer off. Oh, there's no really? way. Oh, there's no way I could watch a movie with that on. And you know what? It still sounds amazing in here. I'm not. I, I've got a seven-one uh, head unit, and I'm. It's not even being utilized in here. It, it's a five. It's five one. Yeah, uh, because of the, what, the shape of my office. <sighs> oh, but wow. uh, when she's not here, I kick that sucker on, and Judas Priest does it rattle the windows when I have a Blu-ray. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, in my office, I've just got a sound bar, th- an old sound bar thing that's hooked up to my Insignia TV, and I'm happy with it. And then my PlayStation Four that I haven't turned on and. Oh, I have no idea. I don't remember the last time I turned that thing on. I I think it's, for people like you and me especially, I think it's good to have different systems set up in different parts of the house. Oh, yeah. I love Uh, it. Especially your your main unit, I feel it's good to not have uh, a crazy system. You don't want your kids watching YouTube videos on a Mm. 7-1 surround Dolby Atmos bullshit. Yeah. You want them watching 2.0 Dolby. That way, when you go down into the theater room or into the special room, whatever, to watch a Blu-ray. It's, it's special. really special for them. Yeah. And it you can tell a difference. When uh, my nephews and my niece came over, oh, this was years ago, and I was sound testing uh, the sound system in the living room. And they were like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm trying to optimize the sound for the room. And, you know, we've got different openings uh, leading into other rooms on this side and on this side. So I got to, uh, you know, turn up the front right speaker louder than the other. And what I was using to sound test was Tron Legacy. Mm, nice. And that's what I use to, well, have been using to sound test for quite a while. I go to the arena stuff, mm-hmm. the bike stuff, the fights. That first bike scene in that movie. Ooh. It's sick. I go to the dance, uh, dance club scene that, that, they just utilize the seven one so well. So I use that as a tester and I had the Wharfdale out in the living room where I, we have all wood floor 
That thing in that room, sir, just amazing. And I told my one nephew, stand here. Just stand right here. Right in front of it. Just listen to it. Feel it through the floor. And I cranked that bitch all the way up. They had never experienced anything like that. Because, because theaters you know, around us mostly suck. There's a couple of good theaters that you got to go to the right showtimes, like the XD, mm-hmm. or you got to go to Easton. They'd never been to anything like that. They looked at me with jaws on the floor. Like, oh my god, this is yeah. amazing. Uh, and you need... I, I feel like it's important to make that experience for the next generation. Raise them up in it. Yeah. Kids or nephews or whatever. Yeah. My kids have watched, well, Hudson's only watched one movie in the theater room. That was Polar Express. And Lucas has watched um, the original trilogy, the first Harry Potter, and then the, um, and actually, oh, and Polar Express. But now here soon, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, him and I, theater room. Cannot wait. I'm saving it. I'm, it's like so often in the evenings, the kids are in bed and wife is like, I'm going to take a shower and I'm going to whatever on the computer, whatever. I'll see you when your movie's done. I'm like, Oh, should I hit play on Spider-Verse? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Save it for the kids. Yeah. But I'm like, that, that's one that he wants to watch. And, but I, obviously the timing is going to have to, you know, I can't yeah. watch it nine o'clock at night because he's in bed. So. That will happen soon. I'd say within the next month, I'm hoping. Cool. I dig it. I cannot wait to hear what you think about Spider-Verse. But again, I'm trying to reel it in and not get you all amped up. And, you know, I don't want your expectations to be too crazy. I, I, boy, I really hope you enjoy it. Uh, but. Me too. We have talked, we have talked about, uh, uh, Fulci? Yes. Argento Fulci. Fulci, all you, sir, it's your time. What did you want to talk about, Fulci? Okay, well, uh, and before the show ends, I have to at least, at some point, I want to re- quick do a review on Pet Cemetery and Aquaman. Mm-hmm. But other, other than those two, I'm <clears throat> I'm going to pretty much heavily focus on Lucio Fulci. I could, hell, I could, I've been on the mother of all Italian movie kicks. I, I mean, <laughs> Jungle Holocaust, uh... The slasher is the sex maniac. A muck train. These are all. We had, we, the, now we had discussed maybe uh, us doing a Fulci director spotlight. We haven't done. Have we done one? Nuh-uh. Okay, but let's wait. We had agreed. Let's wait to do that until I have watched more of his filmography. Yeah. And and in the meantime, because you're going to rewatch them in two years, you'll do. You'll go through the whole oh, thing again. Less than that. I I watch at least his big four, which are Zombie, House by the Cemetery. The Beyond, City of the Living Dead. I typically watch those once a year. Might even throw in Don't Torture Duckling. No, not Don't Don't Torture Duckling. Uh, the uh, the the sex slasher one. Um, ah, uh, the one where the Mexican guy is putting his big toe in the lady's crotch. Remember that one? You watched it, I think. New York Ripper. That's the one. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. Tell I, me that's you like it. I, I like it. Remember that? <laughs> that I. That's the one I remember the least of. I, I did watch it, but it was... Uh, anyway. Yeah. Until I get more of his watched and we can do a, a proper director spotlight. Wanted to give you the floor and do your own Fulci spotlight? What are we doing here? I don't know. I'm we're, just going to talk about I'm just Fulci. Gonna, I'm just going to talk about Fulci. And Go just, for it. He is, I'll chime in where I can. At this point... Okay. At this point, I'll, I'm going to try not to... You know, 
suck the cock too much on this one. Um, oh, yeah, right. Who are you trying to kid? You're trying to convince yourself? Nobody else. Chugging. Chugging. Um, Down the uh, hatch. See, now I lost my train of thought. Now I've got... uh, um, Grab your lube and refocus. Refocus. Come on. (laughs) Oh, shit. Um, New York Ripper and Tom Crutch. Okay, so... I would say at this point, Lucio Fulci is probably my second, not probably, he is my second favorite director right behind uh, Stanley Kubrick. And I know that may seem weird because he's got a lot of shitty movies that I like, but his good Hang ones... On. Are- it's not weird, but maybe start from the beginning. Where did where did you first come into contact with Fulci? Okay. My first uh, ever experience watching a Lucio Fulci movie was the big box wizard video of zombie way back when I worked at the video connection. Uh, one night I took that movie and make them die slow. Umberto Lenzi's make them die slowly, which is actually cannibal Ferox. I took them both home. Like I, the covers are too good. There's no way these are going to be good. Uh, they're big box movies, whatever. And I took them home and that was one of honestly, one of the best, movie watching nights I've ever had. It literally changed what I thought of movies. I had rarely, if ever had watched any Italian or European horror movies until that double header. And like that double header is so good and such a great, um, introduction, I guess, into like, well, that's not just an introduction. It's like jumping into the deep end with Italian horror from the late seventies, early eighties. And, after that, it was like, it was on. Like, from that point on, it's like, okay, wait, what is, who is this Lucio Fulci guy? And I'm like, oh, and this is back before the internet. So, like, okay, he did a movie called The Seven Doors of Death. Well, that sounds pretty cool. Well, actually, it's heavily butchered. And you can't, you shouldn't watch that movie because the real version, the beyond, is the only way to watch it. Uh, you know, City of the Living Dead, which is Gates of Hell. Uh, House by the Cemetery, Vestron put that out. But Vestron... Butchered the movie, it's heavily cut, and certain scenes are out of place, so it makes even less sense. Um, this I is don't what, know if there's a way to re-edit that movie to make it make I know, more sense. I know, but there is something about a character... I'm not sure how, how it happened, but whoever edited it for VHS just completely fucked it all up. And I never watched the VHS, so I wouldn't know. But my first experience with House by the Cemetery was, I believe, DVD. But... Anyway, all of, like, those two movies, uh, Make Them Die Slowly and Zombie, uh, had me scouring Fangoria. What, like, okay, what's, okay, now there's a, there's a Zombie 3 and there's Zombie 4 after death, and wait, what the hell? Like, okay, so I was just, you know, my master plan was forming way back then, like, how do I watch these movies? And then all of a sudden, like, then it's like, I, you know, Bob, the guy that I worked for, I'm like, okay, these are I'm awesome. genuinely surprised that it was, uh, that you didn't find Fulci before you got to the video store because you were a teenager by then, right? Well, but, but yeah, back then, maybe Gates of, no, maybe Gates of Hell. Um, I don't think so. I think that it was, this was like, I was working after school at the video connection. Right. I'm um, not, I'm not questioning you. Yeah. I just, I'm, but Zombie I'm was surprised. the first time that I really, like, Whoa, holy shit, what is this? And before then, it was, you know, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and Evil Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the American horror movies. Uh, but this opened my eyes. So I would, I would ask Bob, okay, so I want more of these. 
And so he was like, well, there's Deep Red. That's from Dario Argento. He also did Suspiria, which is one of my favorite movies. He, he said, no. I'm like, what? Suspiria? What the hell is that? And some of those movies, when I watched way back then, Suspiria being one of them, I was like, eh, okay. It was okay. Well, no, it's, it's fucking awesome. It's, it's not just blood and gore and whatnot. It's, you know, it's a little bit more intricate than that, but, um, the, all of those video connection movies led me to like, okay, how do I get more of these? And I want to watch, this is what led me to, I want to only watch movies that are uncut. Uh, if there, if there is a version, I want to watch it uncut. So Fangoria magazine back in the day in the back page or back couple, couple pages, they would have these little tiny ads for, you know, rare uncut VHS from around the world. Um, you know, write us a letter and we'll send you our catalog. Literally, like, write them a letter and they'll send you a catalog. There was no email, so please send me your catalog. And here comes the catalog. <clears throat> and then you, you know, I read that thing, like, just religiously. And I'm like, okay, well, Rabbit Granny's check. And uh, Cannibal Holocaust check. And I'm like, boom, 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 boom. And so that's where, I'm like, holy shit, they have the beyond. Where, where, wait, wait, where, where did you get them shipped to? My mom, my mom and dad's house. This is like how, way... How did you explain that? Well, they were VHS tapes, but they were they weren't in any boxes or anything because these were copies. You got them like you got them like porn tapes. Yeah, they were porn tapes basically, but yeah. without actual porn. Right, right, right. So <clears throat> discreetly sent. Yes, but what, I mean, you you wouldn't know like these were expensive VHS tapes. Like I believe that and some of these were sourced from Laserdiscs at the time. A lot of them were sourced from like right, but Japanese. I'm surprised that, that that you took the risk of getting them shipped to your mom's mom and dad's house. Why why didn't you get them? I mean, you could set up a post office box or some shit. No, I was desperate. I, at that point, I was desperate to watch these movies, so I would send them a money order. Desperate, I'd, aka dumb kid. I'll just get the mail every day for the next four yes. six weeks. Yes, and I did, and I did, and it took forever. Finally, they would come in, and then I'm goldmine. I, I was. Actually, I watched uh, Redneck Zombies as well that way. That's a trauma movie. Uh, but anyway, so that was my introduction to uh, just soaking up all things Lucio Fulci. Uh, and then I started watching some shittier Fulci movies, late career Fulci movies, which I wasn't prepared for. Because um, I'm like, well, obviously everything is going to be City of the Living Dead and and Zombie. And everything's going to be that. I will have to see everything that he's done. Uh, his late career, uh, it, there's a resurgence for me with his late career stuff because it's almost like they're old enough now to where I'm like, okay, they feel like late 80s movies done through a low-budget ailing Lucio Fulci, and I've come to a, really like some of those older ones, or some, some of those later career ones. His heyday, obviously, was... Uh, and I haven't gotten into his his... Uh, Italian comedies from like way back in the 50s and 60s. I kind of jump, for me, jumping on board with Fulci begins with Perversion Story, which is late 60s, but mainly, uh, Don't Torture Duckling was the first, uh, one, like one of his first truly fantastic movies, that and, uh, Lives It in a Woman's Skin, but Don't Torture Duckling is one of the best, uh, Giallo movies ever made it it i just i just watched it from arrow video and it holds up so well it's so creepy the score is creepy 
there's a scene in that movie where uh, these townsfolk, there's basically it's about these kids are being murdered in this small Italian village, and uh, it, it's a giallo. So there, you know, there's here's your cast of characters who may or may not be the killer. There's a scene where this lady who professes to be a witch and she does little, you know, this is kind of a conservative type old fashioned town. So here the, we go. Yep. So the uh, the the guys of the town, three or four guys from the town are like, we have to, you know, it's because of this evil witch. That's why our kids are being killed. Uh, so they take it upon themselves to do, you know, mob justice on this lady. And it feels like something straight out of a uh, Quentin Tarantino movie. With with how it was done, uh, with the, there's like this, this 60s, like this 60s, uh, What's the music called? Like um, Rat Pack type music going on, or some, some okay. there's like there's a there's a radio playing, and the like the guys turn this radio on to drown out her screams because they're gonna beat the shit out of her. And for some reason, I'm like this feels like a song that Tarantino would have picked out for one of his movies, and it feels like a scene that Tarantino watched and really liked and tried to incorporate it in some of his movies. So, and I think that there is a lot of obviously there's a lot of things from Jalos and the old Italian cinema that. Tarantino has embraced and I love, 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 love that. But, um, I don't even know how to begin scratching the surface because I've seen like 15 of his movies in the last couple of weeks. So I don't, it's, I can't, it's, I can't. it's a, a quantity issue, uh, not necessarily a quality issue in my opinion. And that means what I mean by that is you're into horror. All right. And you, I've been thinking about this in the last couple of weeks. You start watching this and you start watching that and you you like being scared. You have to be a certain kind of person to appreciate 80s horror, right? Yes. Are you with me? Oh, yeah. Because it's got a large quantity of cheese factor. Mm -hmm. You got to be into it, into the, the genre to appreciate that generation of horror. And that backfeeds into... Uh, the 70s as well, and the Italian stuff. What I'm trying to say is, you have to really be into horror to appreciate the older and weirder stuff. And it, it it's it's not going to be for everybody. It's not the people that are like, oh, I watched Annabelle and it freaked me out. Oh, mm-hmm. cool, cool. Yeah. Let's go watch this this old Italian, Fulci shit. Like, you gotta, you gotta understand the uh, film cinema genre as a whole before you can appreciate watching those kinds of films. Yeah. <clears throat> I agree. I agree. And uh, moving through the 70s, uh, and I I really was trying to not just hone in on just his gore movies, but I, this time I'm like, you know, I want to watch movies throughout his entire career. Now, some of his really old movies are hard to find, and I'm not as interested in, like, an Italian comedy from the fifties. I just, I'm not that interested in that, but yeah, the late sixties, early seventies, Jalos definitely. And then he did a, a small string of spaghetti Westerns. And I watched all three of those. Uh, and those, they range in quality, but they're all very interesting and they're all pretty damn good. Actually. Uh, one of them actually, well, the first one is, called Massacre Time. And I think that that's the best one. That was from the late 60s. And Franco Nero is actually the star of that movie. Yay. Um, <laughs> Franco Nero is 
Django, the original Django. Yeah, um, so it's a Django movie. It's a it's a Django ripoff. I mean, it's complete. But it it it's I think the most non Fulci. Like it it just feels like a typical Django knockoff, and I appreciate that. I thought it was a blast. It was here's your bad guy that you loathe, and it it follow it ticks off all of the spaghetti western tropes that I like. His next one, four for the four of the apocalypse, was a lot more. Fulci, like okay, this is now I'm watching a Lucio Fulci gory western. It didn't quite work. Uh, it loses its focus towards the end, but it was grim, bleak, and it had a couple of really Lucio Fulci scenes. And then the last one was Silver Saddle, which I think was I, I watched it off of um, Amazon Prime, and it was. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is HD remastered. I'm like, this didn't get a Blu-ray release. Well, it did get a Blu-ray release like from Germany or somewhere. So I'm guessing that is the transfer they used. It looked fantastic, but that was the weakest link of the bunch. That one almost felt more like an American Western. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, this is not, this is now starting to not feel as spaghetti Western-ish. I'm like, it's too safe and it's too clean and... It was okay, but it was the weakest one of the bunch. So anyway, uh, that was the the uh, Spaghetti Western trilogy from from Fulci. I'm just gonna just so we can get on to other stuff. Just moving on Go ahead. through uh, through the 70s. I didn't. I currently haven't rewatched Lizard in a Woman's Skin and The Psychic uh, just because just for lack of time. Uh, but obviously, uh, Zombie City of the Living Dead. The Beyond, uh, House by the Cemetery. I rewatched all of those, and they are all still. It's almost splitting hairs at this point. Which one I like the most? I think that I think that Zombie is probably my favorite Lucio Fulci movie, followed close behind by The Beyond, and then City of the Living Dead, and then House. But it's splitting hairs. They're all so damn good and so well made and unique. creepy. And yeah, unique, unique is the word. They're just. Anybody that says, oh, well, Zombie was uh, Dawn of the Dead, you know, uh, it was a cash-in on that. Well, it it has nothing to do at all with Dawn of the Dead. I keep, every time I watch it, I'm like, there is not even the slightest similarity at all with George Romero's no. Dawn of the Dead and Fulci's Zombie. They, like... Anybody that says that is, is just bitching about a, a title, in my opinion. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah. I, I, no, it doesn't. And in fact, all of his four big movies... Like I, they're they're all to me wholly original. It just nightmares on film. Those four movies are literally just a a creepy nightmare on film. Especially uh, the Beyond and House by the Cemetery and City of the Living Dead. Those three there just. I'm not sure if it was just the fact that. How would you rate those three? Oh, if you just man. just 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 those three, what order? Uh, the Beyond is number one. But it makes the least sense. I, it does. It makes the least sense. Um, it's the most horrifying, but it makes the least yeah. sense. And I, maybe that's why I like it the most is because it is. It's just so incredibly gory. But man, damn, House by the Cemetery is so so good. Um, I don't. It's, it's splitting hairs. Like any, I think that The Beyond is my favorite out of out of his. There, I think they're basically they're the Gates of Hell trilogy because yeah, every one of them focuses on the gates of hell have been opened and. Here's a bunch of zombies, or here's a dead cannibal guy thing creature living in the basement. And 
anyway, after that, I haven't rewatched uh, New York Ripper because Blue Underground is actually re-releasing that in 4K uh, remaster. And <laughs> yay! Uh, so I'll be waiting to rewatch that one. Uh, and no, I will not be selling my original Blu-ray because I am a Fulci whore. I will collect them all. Um, but then after after New York Ripper, that's where things and his health <clears throat> kind of took a downward turn. Um, Manhattan Baby was meh. I haven't rewatched that one actually. But uh, Zombie Three, which he got really sick on the set of Zombie Three, and he couldn't finish it, and that's why I believe was it Bruno Mattai or. Fabio Fabrasso, one of those two finished the movie. I think it was Bruno Mattai finished that, that movie. Uh, and then there's stuff like the, uh, Houses of Doom movies that he made for Italian television, which I, this morning I finished up Sweet House of, you actually texted me as I was working out watching Sweet House of Horrors. That's just the surreal world that Eugene lives in. As I'm lifting weights and I'm watching just, just shitty late 80s Lucio Fulci Sweet House of Horrors and I get a text from you and I'm like, how was Aquaman? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm lifting weights and watching Fulci gore. It's great. <laughs> You're like, Aquaman? I care about those things. Yes. It's, <laughs> I can't focus right now. But anyway, um, I'm to the point where I was like, if it's not on Blu-ray, I, I have the DVDs of these movies. Demonia was a a non-sploitation-y type thing that I watched. And I'm like, ah, they split a guy in half. Okay, that gets a pass. I like that one. His worst movie, though, out of all of these, and I'm almost done, I promise. <clears throat> his worst movie out of the last couple weeks of watching movies is the... I... I yeah, I fast-forwarded the last 15, 20 minutes of it. It was that shitty. Uh, the New Gladiators. And this was a post-apocalyptic thing that Trauma released. Um, it's just god-awful. I mean, it's on Amazon Prime, folks, if you want to watch it. It's... It's kind of like The Running Man. Before The Running Man was actually made, this came before Running Man, but it was The Running Man um, with no budget and Italian actors, which I kind of like, um, and motorcycles, and yeah, it was awful. Awful. Oh, man. But having said that, give me a remastered Blu-ray, and I will watch that. All damn day long over, uh, twin fucking blow my heads off, blow my brains out, whatever. Um, oh, hopefully he didn't hear that. <laughs> no, I want to. This is awkward. Shit. Oh, he can't hear you. Oh, thank God. Okay. Why? Um, I want him to. Hey. What else? <laughs> oh, uh, go on with anything Fulci. Wrap it up. So, anyway, in conclusion, um, and I'm pretty much done with the Fulci movies. I, Like I said, I am going to give uh, Psychic uh, and Lizard in a Woman's Skin a watch, but I... I have just come to so love this guy's career and what this guy did. I've watched so many special features on his these Blu-rays, especially City of the Living Dead, had a ton of information, and it's so fascinating uh, to hear, like... you know, Actually, Eric, you might appreciate this. Uh, Fulci was known as being kind of a hothead on set, and um, the one 
guy that they were interviewing, uh, I believe he was a special effects artist for Zombie, uh, which he's one of my favorite special effects artists. Uh, he is fantastic. He did the special effects for Hot Tension. Uh, but anyway, this guy was saying how, you know, people don't understand, this is back in the days where there was no digital cameras. It was all film cameras, and these were lower-budget movies. Film costs money, and when actors and actresses are dicking off and not doing doing things correctly, a director will get upset, especially when you're, you know, you're utilizing film, and it's... But back then, obviously, everything was done, for the most part, in camera, and uh, the special effects were... They took time to craft and to create... And those special effects still hold up today. Even this cheesy Sweet House of Horrors, which is a super low-budget TV movie, had a great opening scene. That's a home invasion scene. And it's really, really graphic. Um, so, I don't know. Just I just... That's what I, I appreciate that stuff. I appreciate that certain flavor of movie that only the Italians or Europeans could do. Like, these... It, there wasn't American movies like this. So seeing them with their scores, with that nightmarish atmosphere, the gloom and doom and all that, it just, the dubbing, everything about that just, that's my wheelhouse. Uh, and I just, I never grow tired of them. Never grow tired of them. Anyway, I'm done. I've talked way too long. Back to you. <laughs> no, no, you haven't. Oh. I've enjoyed it very much. Let's go to recently watched, okay. and I'm up first with my squeaky ass chair. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde. I wanted to talk about that film because of the Highwaymen. This is a very highly renowned film, and I from 1967. I get it. It deserves to be highly renowned for 1967. That being said, the first time I watched it, I was on eh, it. It was okay. I really liked the second half better than the first half, and it could have been shorter at an hour fifty. Uh, the second time watching it on VHS, I, shit, my first time was probably on DVD rental. Uh, second time on VHS, oof, I, I have a very good quality version of this on VHS and it's rough. I it's yeah, one of those tapes where you're like, "Wow, we used to watch shit like this." Uh yeah, we did. And the movie stands about the same as my first watching. It's a little too long, but that's a product of 1967, so I I I find a hard time really giving it a negative score for that. The second half Still has a couple of moments that are really great action moments and still kind of shocking, even today, especially the ending. Very tail end climax is still kind of Italian horror, just gross. And it ends, the thing happens and roll credits. It does not give you any breathing room. I like that. And I appreciate that. I do too. I, that's one of the best things about it. It just, there's maybe 10 minutes up in the first half that you, eh, we could trim some of this shit back. That being said, the Highwaymen, I, I liked way more than this. Ugh. 
And that one too could, could trim 10 minutes out of. Am I saying that The Highwayman is a much better film than Bonnie and Clyde? No, I'm saying that I enjoyed it better than Bonnie and Clyde. I appreciate Bonnie and Clyde for being a 1967 film, and The Highwayman does an excellent job of showing you the flip side of that story. It, it just It's very hard to describe unless you've watched both of those films, because in Bonnie and Clyde, the main, char- uh, the, uh, main character of... The main character of the Highwayman, he's like a joke. It's He's a joke that's in there for five minutes of the two-hour runtime. Yeah. And then he comes back at the very end. Whereas in the Highwayman, he's the main character, and he's looked at like the hero. And he's your main guy that you're following. And it's Kevin Costner, most lovable actor of all time next to, you know, Tom Hanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you almost have to go do research on the internet to figure out the real story between the two. But I feel like if you're looking at these two films as uh here's the protagonist point of view and here's the antagonist point of view, they do. It's a pretty good sandwich. And I think you should check out both of them. Okay. There you go. Next up. I want to talk about overlord for one minute uh, and then I'll kick it back to you and we'll wrap this up. This movie kicked fucking ass. Yes, it did. And it made me angry because who the hell cut this trailer? I maybe it's just me. I feel like this trailer was not a very good representation of this film. And I know there were a lot of other factors. It was released at a shitty time. It, It what the fuck, man? This movie kicked so much ass. And. The trailer made it look like, here's a zombie movie. Yeah. That was it. It, it. it was not indicative of all the layers of shit that went into this film. It, it's not fair, dude. It's just not fair that I was angry. <laughs> I was angry. I was angry watching this movie. And it wasn't because the movie was shitty for once. It was because the movie's fucking good. It's fucking really good. Yeah. And... I just kept thinking back to that trailer that I I watched multiple times. And no, that's not it. That's not what you sold. It it was like, here's the throwaway zombie something, World War II, whatever, January, have fun. Or, oh, sorry, November. I don't know. I Yeah. Whenever the hell it came out. It it was just a very much throwaway release. It was not supported. And, oh, dude, I was angry watching this thing. I did not believe you. When you told me, this is in your top 10 of 2018. Yeah. Top three, actually. Yeah. Th- th- that's totally Eugene, horror freak. No, that there's no way. And then I watched the movie. Uh, yes, this is my top 10 of 2018. <laughs> and I'm not the horror guy. Eugene is. Yeah. But, <laughs> mm, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, this was top 10. Holy shit, did this movie rock. I loved it. Can't wait to get it on Blu-ray. Can't wait to watch it again. I actually, I have to take it back to the library tomorrow. And I was, hmm, can I squeeze <laughs> in another viewing yet today? Because, oh, damn, this was yeah. awesome. And I liked I it. The beginning, it. like, it, we go from, like, hardcore war movie. Uh, especially the first 10, 15 minutes was so good. Uh, to, to you know, a full-on horror towards the end or whatever. But it just it had a nice balance of war and... Then experimenty type craziness, and uh, I loved that movie. 
I was furious when this movie was over. I was furious. Just because it... it, it How do I describe it? I don't want to say it underperformed, because I would say that it performed adequately to the trailer that they yeah. showed us. Which was a throwaway movie. Yeah, which they fucked up. That's... Uh, yeah. Whatever. I will send a strongly worded letter to the president of Hollywood, and we'll get this all straightened out. Okay, back to you. Thank you. Uh, recently watched, and we'll wrap this up. Uh, Aquaman, and what did you want to do? Uh, Aquaman and Pet Cemetery. Then I'll be good to go. Uh, do it. Okay, Pet Cemetery. This is the remake... Reboot, whatever, of the fantastic Stephen King movie. I watched this with our good friend Stephen Miller. And I'm happy to report this is a good movie. Uh, it's borderline great movie. Uh, I uh, Some of the things that I appreciated about this movie are the same things that I appreciated about the Suspiria remake in that the core of the story is still there, but they have changed a few things that are very drastic from the first movie and especially Stephen King's novel, but I'm okay with that. It wasn't a complete Silent Night fuck up to where it, we're just going to ride the coattails of Silent Night Deadly Night and call our movie Silent Night and it has nothing at all to do with anything Silent Night Deadly Night. That pisses me off. This, the story is there. This is the classic Stephen King story, but the few details, which I'm not going to spoil because it's, they're too good to spoil. Uh, the couple changes that are made especially towards the end um i wasn't prepared for and i'm like holy shit uh and much like the original 89 version which has a very dark ending this one does too and that's another thing that i appreciated is like please don't wrap everything up nicely please just i there are certain downbeat endings that i like and i really like the original 89 version downbeat ending and this one here is to me, personally, even better. It was, I'm like, I I just evil laugh when the credits rolled. I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, abandon hope, all ye who enter. <laughs> oh, I love that shit. <laughs> I don't even remember the original ending to the uh, uh, book or the first movie. Uh, well, in the, spoiler, in the original book and movie, uh, he brings his wife back to life after Gage kills her, and then she, you know, it's a great scene, especially in the movie where she goes to, uh, which is Tasha Yar, if I'm not mistaken. That's that, uh, where she goes, uh, his, her husband is gonna give her a hug, and then she, uh, plants a knife in his back or whatever, and you, and it goes to black, the camera fades to black, and all you hear is, like, the cutting sound or whatever, and it was such a great scene in that, that's in the That's movie now. That's the movie, not the book? The book, I think, ends... Sim- I haven't read the book in a while, but I think it's more close to that version versus what we have here. But this movie okay. here... Actually, you remember the movie Starry Eyes? That's the one where the uh, kind of the socially awkward girl and... Oh, 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 yes, yes. yes. Yep, so I got it. Those are the directors it. that made this. Um, and uh, Ooh, this nice. has kind of like it... It has this layer of dread going through the whole thing. There's, like, nothing played for laughs in this. And it's just, like, the music, like, the score, the pacing, everything is very much, we want you to be uncomfortable. And while it's not overtly gory, it's it's very R-rated. And, again, I, I like that. It's not, 
a squeaky clean big budget horror movie. It's dirty. I like that. Uh, another slight change from the first one is the uh, neighbor, which this time is played by John Lithgow. He's Judd. Uh, in the original, uh, which I'm not going to look him up from the original, but the original guy, uh, he was very lovable and very likable. And just th- their camaraderie, Judd and uh, Lewis, their camaraderie in the original 80s movie was really, really well done. And in here, it's you don't like the Judd character quite as much. And uh, Lewis is a little bit different. It's all, like their relationship is different in this. But I like that. I like that we're not going to just do the exact same thing over again. I, Dude, this is a good movie. I really liked this movie. I've been on record with this show before. If you're going to do a remake, do something different. Change it up. And maybe it will suck, and maybe I'll hate it. But do something else. If you're just... The frame-for-frame frame remake is just boring yeah. factory. In and they opinion. did. They, they totally did, while still paying homage to the book and the movie, the original movie, they made it their own beast. And that I love that. That's why I liked Suspiria so much, is it they did enough changes, oh, but they, they kept that core there. So anyway, very good movie. Uh, you'll I bet you'll dig this one. I would be surprised. There, I mean, th- when you're dealing with kid actors... I didn't love the uh, first movie, but I loved the book. And I felt like... The movie nailed, the first movie nailed the part where the kid got killed. Yes. That part is so horrific and it's just agonizing. Now, as a parent, I don't even know if I want to watch the movie. Yeah, it's tough. I'll I'll wait till it, it, it becomes available in some form that I don't have to pay for. (laughs) That's basically where I'm at. I, I, it's not that I don't want to watch it. I'm just not actively like, holy shit, I can't wait to watch kids die. Yeah. I'm not even going to say spoiler to that because that happens in the first act of the movie. Yeah. I am looking forward to rewatching the original film as I haven't watched it in forever. Uh, But the new movie, I will watch as soon as it hits like Netflix or something free. Yeah. It was, man, that was a good movie. I, I liked that movie. Um... (laughs) Oh, and they even do a little, uh, there was a little take on the, the Pet Cemetery song from the Ramones, who was in the original. There's an, a, another band that does it. And it's, it was cool. And in fact, they play that song at the beginning end credits, especially right after the, <laughs> the, the crazy ending. I'm like, I just sat there. I'm like, fuck yes. There we go. That's a horror movie. <laughs> Thank you. I like that. So. But not, but it's not it. No, 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 no. Level. I still like well, it. No, okay. uh, definitely better than than this. But it was still I my expectations were a bit low. And so I I was happily surprised at how much I liked it. Even though the, and the, by the way, there are certain things in this one that they actually cut out that I don't think that they should have that made that made the original movie more more honestly more depressing. Uh I don't want to get I don't want to say what they were, but I actually told Steve on our way out. I'm like, "Oh, they they actually cut a character out of this movie that made me more sympathetic to the Lewis character. And I'm surprised they did that. I'm surprised that, because that made me more sympathetic to his plight and just angry about the whole situation. And they did away with that character. But 
it was an hour and 45, hour and 41 minutes, which for a movie like this, you want to try to keep it close to an hour and a half. And so I, it, they, they had the creepy imagery down pat. They had the creepy cemetery down pat. I, you could do way worse than this. This is good movie. Gotcha. Uh, Aquaman. Yes, Aquaman, and then I'll be done. James Wan, DC, Jason Momoa, and Amber Heard, and Willem Dafoe. And maybe Dolph Lundgren? Was that him? Yep. Oh, that was him. I uh, just, every now and then, I, w- I would get on my phone, like, I was ready to text you, like, is that Dolph Lundgren? I'm like, ah, I don't know how to spell his name, and it's going to look like I'm, I, I'm like, <laughs> I, and I don't want to look away from this. I'm, no, I'll ask him on the podcast. So. <laughs> Because uh, at first I said, I'm like, Dolph, D-O-L-F. I'm like, that's not how you spell his name, you dumbass. <laughs> so instead of just private texting me that thing, you're like, eh, let's put it on the yeah, show. Yeah, let's put it on the show. for the. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally last night. Like, I'm like, I really should, I'm like, that's got to be Dolph Lundgren. Like, I got to ask him. And I'm like, as soon as I started typing, I'm like, oh, shit, how do you spell his name? I'm like, he'll, he'll understand. I'm like, no, no, he, that's going to look stupid. But yeah, now I'm explaining. Oh, uh, you're good. So, upon first viewing, I one, I watched it over two nights. And the first night, I was just dead tired. So I fell asleep just a little bit. But, you know, I caught up with the movie, the second act. Uh, this is a good movie. It's It probably doesn't hit the heights of, like, my favorite Marvel movies. And I don't think it quite hits the heights of, like, Wonder Woman and Man of Steel. But it would be, like, I guess, third on the DC list. Uh, which is... I... Completely agree. Yeah, I'm like, Wonder Woman and especially Man of Steel are so... Di- like Those are like upper, upper, upper tier, even with regards to all superhero movies in general. Like, Man of Steel is so awesome. This is third place with DC for me. And it... Maybe it was because it was split over two nights and I was tired, but it was a little bit hard to follow all the... Here's the half-brother and this, and this is going on, and there's the Triton, and da-da-da-da, but I still, I, by the end, I got it, for the most part. The special effects are fantastic, of course. Um, almost bombastic. Hold on. Let's, let's touch on that for okay. one second. Uh, the, that's not a split over two nights problem, or a story problem, in my opinion. That is a, I'm the comic book dork, and you are not. Mm. And <laughs> that's not a negative, I'm just saying that when you revisit this film a couple of times, that particular criticism will not be a problem. Okay. I am not disagreeing with you one bit that this is number three on this list with those other two films. Yeah. I completely agree. While I'm blown away by this movie and I loved it and I was just slobbing its knob earlier uh, uh previous episodes... Uh, I completely agree. Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, this. I definitely. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the, I don't want to say understanding the plot elements because that makes it sound like you just didn't get it. Absorbing all of the mythos of the Aquaman legend. That's mm-hmm. the better way to put it. That takes some time. And in that regard, it's going to take you a couple watchings. And I'm not saying that like, hey, you dum-dum. I'm saying that like, anybody that hasn't read a bunch of Aquaman comic books, which I've read, 
seven. <laughs> Even I haven't read a lot, but I understand the relationship uh, through comics and um, TV shows and animated shows and blah, blah, blah. I understand the relationship between him and his half-brother and Orm, uh, Black Manta. Whatever. Which I wanted to bring up Black Manta as well. Yes. I was curious about that, like That's why I interrupted you is because it's not you. They crammed all the fucking Aquaman into this movie. Not a little bit. They crammed it all in like we're never getting another Aquaman anything. And that's what it felt like, that they were throwing a lot at the screen. <laughs> oh, did they throw everything. And yeah. in, from somebody who knows a smidge about the history of Aquaman, it worked and it was great. Yeah. yeah, for people that maybe don't know everything about Aquaman... Or don't know uh, somewhat of that history might be a bit much. Yeah. It was kind of overload. Because I actually with with Manta when he gets his costume, my wife she more than chuckled. She had a couple of choice words to say for his weird looking head helmet thing, and I'm like, I'm like, you know, I think I may have uh, colored a coloring page with my boys with that character. And that's, I think kind of how he looks if I'm not mistaken, or at least I kind of remember someone like that in a coloring book. So I said, I think that there's a lot of stuff in this movie that we don't really quite know because they're throwing so much at us. And we don't, I, I don't know the backstory to this stuff. Like, you know, I, I know Saturday morning cartoons. Every time that we've gone into a comic book origin movie, there have, We've done this before, where I'm like, Eugene, Captain America, this is what I need to see. I need to see him fighting shit in 1942 or whatever the fuck and go into the ice and then come out of the ice. That's what I need to see, and it needs to happen. And I put that shit in an envelope, and I give it to you, and then we go watch Captain America, and we're like, holy shit, the fucking shit happened. That's the way it needs to happen. Here's what I need to say. If you're bringing Black Manta into a Aquaman movie, here's what I need to see. A giant, ridiculous helmet. And Did he, we get that? Bingo! Oh, oh, we fucking got... Not only did we get it, we got it with an explanation. At one point he was like, huh, guess I need to make it bigger. I didn't even need that much. It could have just been giant. I'd have been fine. But at one point he was like, huh, too tiny, almost blew my head off, need the bigger one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it needs to be big and ridiculous. And in the end, they made it, like, logical. Yeah. Which was weird. And a weird, and even from the comic book guy, that's weird. They made it logical. It has to be bigger, or else I'll blow my head off. Or some <laughs> shit, whatever. Whatever the hell the case was for making that helmet bigger, they made it comic book relative size to the origin of that character. And then they went on this wicked, crazy, violent, nonstop action scene tear. Oh my. Where they were just, just ripping through houses and all that shit and blowing up bell towers. And you know what? It was cool as hell for somebody who, you know, saw that character with that helmet. That was cool as hell. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. That yeah. was my favorite scene. That of the was movie. probably my favorite part of the movie was, was when they were just tearing the shit out of that Italian village. That was awesome. Uh, the end underwater battle was great too, but it was, it, honestly, it, it was so much that I'm like, I, okay, I, there's so much shit going on in the screen right now. And now there's a big tentacle creature thing. And I'm like, I just roll with it. Just Jason Momoa, do your thing. Uh, Amber Heard looked good with red hair, whatever. Just 
Continue. <laughs> uh, I especially love that um, uh, Julie Andrews was the voice of the giant tentacle creature. <laughs> she wasn't in the yeah. uh, the new Mary Poppins, uh, but she no, nope. but she was a giant giant penisy yeah. creature. Yes. <laughs> yep. The um. Oh, what was it? oh? It's, man, my wife was like, she was like, she didn't know his name. I'm like Willem Dafoe, who plays Volko. Uh, she was like, she's like, he's a bad guy in every movie that we watch. Why is he a good guy in this? I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know, honey, but he is. And I, she didn't like that. She did not like that he was a good guy. She's like, he is a slimy. Yeah, he's not a bad guy in but, everything. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, I think he was a good guy, and like, he's a good guy in a lot of movies. I think he just has that look. And there may have been so it was the Sam Raimi uh, Goblin version in Spider Man back oh, in right, right, early two right. thousands. Gotcha. Uh, that may have been it because honestly, like, I don't think that she's seen many movies with Willem Dafoe. Like, she hasn't seen Platoon, which he was a good guy in that. He was the Christ figure in that movie. Uh, there's a lot of movies that I love that Willem Dafoe is in that I'm like, she wouldn't like that. So I'm assuming that is anyway doesn't matter. Um, Jason, Jason Momoa is ripped, of course, and it, Amber Heard looks great. Whatever, it, it's fine. A great, it's, great ending though with him and his brother. Oh yes, the way they they wrap yes. that all up. I I love Which, that. Actually, I, I, want, I want to mental note. I want to ask you about that. So I liked spoiler alert. I guess kind of. I don't want to give too much away, but I liked that it wasn't. We're gonna crush the bad guy. Roll credits. It was a. Kind of a hopeful for the future type of yeah, thing, right? Yes, yes. I thought that was cool. And they they have a uh, frenemy. Is that the right word? I think they're they're friends, but enemies. Kind of they the yeah, thing going yeah. uh, with Momoa and his brother, half brother, uh, Patrick Wilson. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not super friends, but it's also uh, we ain't the best of friends. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that this movie made so much bank. I cannot imagine they're not going to do another one. Oh, it'll happen. But yeah. this is why I will love Juan forever. Because he said, if this doesn't work out, I'm cramming all of the Aquaman into one movie. And this is all <laughs> of the Aquaman. This is it. If there's yeah. never another one, they got it all in. They got it in. Yeah. And, oh, damn it. Yeah, it's funny. Good. It's funny thinking it like Patrick Wilson's character, which he's the villain. Like, typically, I could have seen him actually being Aquaman if they would have been tailoring it after the like the Saturday morning cartoons way back in the day. Yeah, like, that blonde, skinnier. Like, but instead, it's this huge, just beastly wrestler dude. Yeah, perfectly cast by. I love Jason Momoa and as Aquaman. He was great. I love that that also too uh, did did not shy away from the fish people, whatever you want to call them. No, no, no. There's fish. People I mean, in- you got crab guy down there going, "I'll never join whatever." <gasps> what, huh? What? And then out of nowhere, here comes Momoa riding a gigantic frickin' whatever the hell. <sighs> yep. Oh, that rocked. Oh, that rocked. Yep. <laughs> but. I'm looking forward to a rewatch. I need to give it a rewatch, but it was a very, very good movie. I liked it. So there's my review of Aquaman. Yeah, you're good. I think you'll enjoy rewatch two, three more because it, the, the story will start to coalesce a little better. Uh, okay. Cut. By the way, I would love to have his uh, trident hanging above my, uh, like my window here in my office. That thing was awesome. 
It was so metal. Even though it was ruined in the trailer, when he came walking out of the waterfall and just set the thing down, like, bitch, I got this thing. Oh, man, that was awesome. Yeah. I, 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 I knew that, spoiler, I knew they were going to find Nicole Kidman. I just knew it. It was going to happen. Yeah, I, me too. Yeah. But I still got the damn feels when they did. She came out and, oh, fuck. It still worked. It still performed. I, I, I still, yeah. oh, damn. Good shit. And I, she doesn't age, by the way. I'm sure there's a lot of makeup going on there, but I'm like, oh, she still looks just gorgeous. Yeah, that's what vampires do, Eugene. They don't age. <laughs> uh, coming soon for me. I've got a whole shit ton of VHS. Uh, in Dreams, um, Prophecy 2, Excessive Force 2, Force on Force. That's high up there. Um, over to you. Coming soon. Coming soon for me is, I'd like to say I'm done with Italian cinema, but I'm not. Um, what I'm going to watch, I, I don't know. It'll be something Italian-ish. Uh, and I am going to watch uh, Master of the Flying Guillotine here soon. Again, I can't wait. Yay. Um, there was something else that I bought, and I don't remember what it was. What the hell did I buy? That uh, Oh, House with Laughing Windows. Uh, Italian Jallo, of course. House with Laughing oh, Windows? I even, oh, shit. I, huh? Yeah, House with Laughing Windows. It's great. Does that have anything to do with House of Clocks? or No, well, House of Clocks was a Fulci made for right. which That was the uh, the other one, yeah. House with Laughing Windows is a an Italian guy investigating a murder in the small Italian town. And yeah, it's great. It's a really good ghosty type movie, I guess. I We may have actually talked about that movie on the show way, way, way back in the day. Okay. Yeah. And also one other movie that I did, I want to, hopefully I can review it next time, but I didn't hit on Lucio Fulci's, uh, his mob movie, Italian mob movie called Contraband, which is so much fun. Damn, was that a good movie? Um, cause it's Fulci, like it's eighties, early eighties. So when he's in his prime and so it's like straight up Godfather type knockoff, kinda with some horribly gory scenes that are just like, that doesn't really fit, but Damned if it doesn't fit perfectly. Uh, anyway. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. But anyways, uh, pff, you, you never know what I'm going to watch. Uh, <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for this episode. Anything you want to add? I think I'm good. I'd like to come up with something funny, but me even saying that makes it not funny. Oh, this, this is where we just kind of linger and meander until something is hilarious. Um... I could, oh, how about this? Well, I'll do this and then we'll end, then it can stop. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. I just want to live my life in something, something else. Perfect. There you go. There's your ending. I'm Eugene Weaver. Say I'm Eric Marner. <laughs> I was oh, witness shit, to this. this. Is <laughs> And I'm trying to make it as weird as possible. Oh, it's getting weirder. <laughs> okay, fine. You asked for it. No. And here's where I get my dick out. Yep. Now we're done, right? Sure. Please, for the love of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait.
Thanks for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash Movie Freaks Pod on Twitter at Movie Freaks Pod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.